0: Four seven five nine fan Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, how are you? I'm I'm wonderful. Good morning. Good mo- good morning to yeah, you. Weird time to say it, I know, but I yeah. Mix well, it in. I I think we we like to sandwich this show with a couple of good mornings. We do generally. I say good morning off the top of the show, you don't do? I? And then certainly we punctuate the show with a a more emphatic good morning. And I don't know if people know this, but we we lock eyes. Well, we do that. I just wanted that out there for everyone. I wanted them to know how close we are at the end of the show. You know what? I hadn't thought about it until you just brought it up, and now I'm going to be self-conscious when we do it. I won't say who, but someone uh, in the building told me they thought it was sensual. Huh. Yeah. I knew you would not like that. You know what we could do is we could just, like, (laughs) tape it and then just play it, like, have it play. But I think that's different. like We could not do that. Yeah, we need a... There's something about the the live version of us in uh, in Synchronous good mornings. But now is do you think it's weird that we're looking at each other and you're like I can't lock eyes with him now? Yeah, I hadn't I, thought yeah, of it, but I now know. I'm in your brain. I, I hacked you. I'm very sorry. I, I can tell. Uh, honestly uh that's 3 hours from now. It's all I'll be able to think about is uh is how this is going to go down. Our good morning, today. I got gotcha. you. I'm happy I was able to put you in this uh this mental pretzel I've I've created for you. Congratulations. Uh congratulations to the Florida Panthers as well, the mm. the latest team to beat the Edmonton Oilers. Here's how I feel about the Oilers and watching the Oilers at this point in the season. Yeah. Like I know we're trying to add import to all the regular seasons around North mm. American pro sports because outside of baseball and baseball it's diminishing by the day because you know, Arizona <laughs> The Diamondbacks won 84 games and made the World Series. That's your Sweden trip. You'll never stop thinking about it. No, because baseball's over. Like, the regular (laughs) season is over in baseball. He had a good run. I mean, hey. It used to mean something. Some people could say the Leafs' regular season is over because, once again, it will not exist for the coming week here. Yeah. Um, So football doesn't need added import to the regular season. Like We we got it. Even though there's an expanded postseason. That's still great. Yeah. It's still teams are fighting tooth and nail and there's still so much to fight for. And boy, buys are even more important because Mm -hmm. there's only one of them in each conference. But um, the National Hockey League and the NBA battling to make their regular seasons more relevant. Here's what I say. Just turn yourself into the Edmonton Oilers of 2023 24, and you've got regular season drama. They are must watch day in, day out, not just because of the Schadenfreude of it all, mm-hmm. which there's a little bit of that. It is, it's, it's, I don't know. For some reason, watching a team with generational superstars be unable to even make the playoffs, like, we've seen in Anaheim over the last half decade to a decade uh, in major league baseball with Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani uh-huh. and then the Oilers this season there's something there is something like weirdly curious about it but yeah every well- single game that they play is it feels must win and it felt like another dagger to the heart for Oilers fans yesterday for sure. I, man, that is an interesting point you bring up. And I honestly hadn't thought about it because I have been curious about the reaction to this. I think there is a tiny bit of the shot that you bring up, but I don't know that it's the prevailing sentiment. Mm. I mean, how do you feel about it? Well, because I'll be honest, like when I, when I look at the Canadian generational players, I always want what's best for them. Like you've all heard me making my jokes here of the countdown of, of uh, Connor McDavid, just neatly sliding into John Tavares's spot uh, in the Leafs cap structure when he's inevitably a free agent. Okay. I don't actually think that's going to happen. They made his agent, the president, all of that. Okay. Does so, he, did he like that? Does he like that his agent's the president, that his that junior part, coach is the coach? Uh, that part, I'm pretty confident he's pretty happy about. All the right. coach part, that's a little that's a little different. That's a little too on the nose. But, But the point I make is that when I look at all these guys, when I look at Sid, when I look at Connor, and now when I look at young connor the one the leafs will see next in a thousand years when they play their next game friday actually and not in the afternoon i just want what's best for all these guys i honestly do like would i could i see this if the oilers are stubbing their toe in a conference final and ah he just keeps b- banging his head against so that he gets frustrated there yeah then i could have a bit of this but i don't ever want to see one of the greats of our sport go through a regular season like this. And I don't just mean from a team perspective. I mean, from his perspective, the thing that makes Connor McDavid so special is that you can set your watch not to a hundred points, but to like 120. Yeah, And that just, I mean, I'm not going to write him off, but that has not happened yet this year. So that's the way that's the, honestly my perception of it. I, do you, do you think most people feel that way? Do you think there is a little more shot in front? Like, how do you look at it? I, I mean, it's mostly the rest of the Canadian franchise is looking in towards Toronto that yes. there is derision between yes. the fan bases, the National Hockey League. But there's a little bit outwards as well, yep. right? Like in, yeah, Lee fans they 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 feel the the comments and the vitriol. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's what you're not going to get from around oh poor Annie. Oilers. Yeah, no, no, no. But I. I the other six Canadian franchises. If the Leafs were going through what the Oilers oh are going God. through right now, are you kidding me? Oh, and this I, would be I, their cup. Well, and and yeah, I guess your counter argument would be uh. the Leafs don't employ one of the greatest Canadian hockey players yeah. in the sport, but they do employ one of the greatest hockey players For ever. Sure. He's American, yeah, so I, that's I guess the that's the <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the problem. But, but yeah, you, there's I, there's nobody in Edmonton today that would be man. It really here's the thing. I, I – I, I get it like it's it's nice to see the Leafs struggle. Nobody wants to see them win a cup because God knows they would lord us over lord it over us for the next 100 and years. Boy would we. Um, but yeah, we got to see the Leafs in the playoffs, right? We got to see how no, this yeah, not no. a chance. So well this is the whole this is the whole what it's like when you're the big brother. Yeah. Like yeah, we don't it's the madmen. It's like I I hate you or yeah. whatever the first line I is. I don't think, think about yeah, you at yeah, all, yeah. and that's not true. <laughs> I would love to say that, but with the oil, the Oilers are the one that's different. All the other Canadian teams. It's like, oh, the Canucks are off to their nice, cute little run. That's yeah. great, good for them. And uh, mm-hmm. talk to me when that thing normalizes itself in January. Yeah. Like I don't get bogged down in this. The Flames have had their moments with like Red Mile and stuff, but right. generally speaking, I think most people are like, okay, cool. Have added Flames. Like I'm not not too worried about what's going on there. Obviously. Ottawa, Montreal is a little different from this market specifically, but I don't sit here looking every day at the stand-ins going, ooh, is Montreal doing bad, but not bad? Like, I don't worry about that. The Sens playoff spot I worry about in terms of, like, where are they in the Atlantic? But again, I don't think about them, and I Almost forgot the Jets. That's how little they <laughs> matter. So that they don't even matter that, in Winnipeg. They don't even. We have been trying not. <laughs> we've been trying to be so nice about it, but you're right. They yeah. don't even matter in Winnipeg. So I think that's the way you look at it. It's, it's mm. just like the Leafs are the big brother of yeah. all the Canadian teams, and the Oilers are the only one who has a bit of our respect, where we're like, well, okay, not respect, they're. but like our attention for yes. sure. They have the attention. Well, but, of but the it's National because Oculate. of the respect of Connor. Like, if there was no con, if the Oilers were mm. just the franchise that once had. Wayne Gretzky and Leon Dreisidel was yeah. there. Guess how much I'd think about them? No, it's true. The same amount I think about the Flames of like ah, good battles, good so, luck. And it it's a two prong thing that's happened to the Oilers early on this season. <laughs> One does feel overriding, and I get it. Like they they got outshot yesterday, and blah blah blah. But I mean, the goaltending is hilarious right now. Calvin Pickard is just okay. hasn't played in a couple yeah. of years in the National Hockey League. It's, it's w- a choice. We're we're throwing. You ever do this? Like, when I was a kid, my mom was making spaghetti. I did. I literally, I ordered from one of those meal kit places. No free ads. You get at me if you want yeah. it. And I said, I'm like, huh, I don't normally make pasta. I wonder if this is done. And I said, eh, yeah, chuck it at the wall. See what happens. Yeah. And guess what? It stuck. Pasta was great. I haven't done it since I lived with my parents. Like, I've made pasta since then, obviously, plenty of times. Next time, do it. But, yeah, I used to, like, it was, I yeah, I used to do it every time. That's great. My <laughs> mom made pasta throw some spaghetti at the wall. Anyways, they're throwing stuff at the wall. Calvin Pickard, the latest. Uh, guess what? Yeah, he's a big old limp linguini, <laughs> <laughs> Falling to the floor. Yeah, um, not the answer, okay? he 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 made 27 saves on 31 shots for a robust save percentage of 871, which is impossibly, like right on the nose almost as far as the Oilers overall save percentage this season, 873, which is far and away the worst in the national hockey league. You cannot win hockey games Mm -mm. with that save percentage. And again, it's not all goalies and save percentage and Mark Spector writing on sportsnet.ca. The defensive zone has been a nightmare. And certainly there's something to that. You need a save like that's, impossibly bad. The second thing is Connor McDavid hasn't looked Connor mcdavid e mm-hmm. into... Like, yesterday's starting to creep yeah. up there with a couple of goals, including a penalty shot. But yeah, the, I don't know how any of this changes... Unless you have somewhere close to competent goaltending, which you're probably not going to get from a guy who's barely been league average in the American League. Yeah, I wish it was a little more handy because I'd be able to construct like a good home ownership metaphor for goaltending. Goaltending isn't the only issue, but until you get that fixed, you can't figure out what it's else is wrong. There. It's like you're pouring okay. the foundation, right? Sure. Like if it's uh, made out of papier mâché, it doesn't matter how nice this, your studs are, yeah. right? Like who cares? It's all going to come crashing mm. down. Studs very. Smart. Thank you. Use those things because we'll just have a a couple of them. But yeah, that's the way I look at it. Is that you're right? Like this team isn't going to get a save, and all of a sudden they are. They are the Harlem Globetrotters, and they're just on some incredible run, and they're ripping off the forty and twenty or whatever it is they need to get into the to the playoffs. Like you can't have eight seventy three. No, but that's the thing. You just (laughs) need to get some level of competence so you can understand the other issues. With your team, because I don't think Woodcroft got fired because of the underlying issues. You got fired because something had to change, but there clearly is some other stuff going on there. The other part of this as well is that, you know, they've added a lot to the core there. I mean, part of it's like, you know, guys like Hyman, part of it is, you know, guys like Nuge finding a second prime here, but this team's going to go. As those two guys go, and it's Dreisidel and McDavid, and you know, Nuge is able to be a better version of himself when those two guys are going. And the fact that they just haven't had the transcendent seasons, like, you're not used to nice seasons from Dry Saddle and McDavid. No. You are used to both of them top five wow. in goals and points seasons, and you're just not getting that. And we've seen that here with this Leafs score. That, yeah, you ask for secondary scoring. Like, it was awesome when Hyman, Engval and Mikheyev were ripping through Western Canada in the bubble, and that was the line driving things. That's great. But eventually that dries up, and you just need your big boys to be your big boys. And they've been good, but not Anywhere near the level you need those two. Yeah, no, they they rely on those guys to be otherworldly, transcendent. Yeah. You know what else they rely on to be otherworldly and transcendent is the power play. Yes. Which is, it's not abysmal, right? Like, we're, we're not talking about the, the goaltending, how poor the power play has been this season. But when you're talking about one of the all-time great power plays a season ago, mm-hmm. clicking at over 32%, they were... So at least for second last year in power play percentage, they were at 26%. The Oilers were 32.4% a season ago. Nuts. It, it, it truly, it's like a two-pronged thing. It's like getting league average goaltending, and it's the power play slipping by over 10% this year, now at under 22% this season. Yeah, and I mean, some of that, some of it, a tiny bit of it is shooting percentage luck that will normalize to a certain but percentage. But how can, how can you count on 32% on your power play year over year? You can't count on 32 but they should be able to count at 27, yeah. if that makes any yes. sense. Like the Leafs, the, the the terrible, no good, very bad power play that we talked about all season long that, again, finished second in the National <laughs> Hockey League, that's what the Oilers need is their baseline mm. because this team is who they are. They're mm. constructed the way they're constructed. You need, need, need them to... Pile up points on the power play and like maybe this leads us perfectly to the way uh, they got asked about the results of last night's game <laughs> in terms of do you want to run it up? Do you want to buckle it down? But yeah, this team, generally speaking, you can't just lose the part of your game that makes you most effective You can't just have it fall off a cliff and not get any saves and your generational player is clearly banged up and expect everything (laughs) to just continue along. Like, there are massive blinking red light problems in Edmonton. Again, they're the... I mean, for the last half decade plus, they've been the most must-watch team in the National Hockey League because of Connor McDavid, because of Leon Draisaitl, and that is just amped up to another degree because every single regular season game from here on out is going to be must-win for this hockey team. Yeah, I was also, I was also, yeah, uh, a little offended last night at Connor McDavid's penalty shot attempt. Like, I know he scored, so <laughs> who am I? But. Go fat, like you're Connor McDavid. Go don't fast, get, go yeah, fast. don't get in here with your Patrick Kane. I'm gonna slow it way down yeah. and take it. A- you're Connor McDavid. Should have been a shock collar on him. Mm. That Batman should have just been hammering during that. During never, that penalty shot. I've Never heard criticism towards a penalty shot attempt that was successful. But, uh, well, yeah, I don't, I don't particularly care whether or not he scored on it. Okay. I wanted it to look it aesthetically aesthetic, good. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't aesthetically pleasing. What do, what do I want? <laughs> I want Connor McDavid to exist for, I'm, I'm sure I might be forgetting some things, but really for three reasons. It's like, eventually, I've been told, we'll talk about this later in the show. I've been, I've been promised best on best. One day, mm. somehow. So I need him to be great for Canada. I would like him to be good for the Oilers. Like mm-hmm. I don't care too much about the team's success, but like be special and show off the wheels at mm-hmm. all points in time. So yes, I am going to complain about a successful penalty shot attempt. Well, I I need him to take to the microphone after all of the uh, all of these games. He's a guy that like is it he's cares so much, right? That's part of the reason why, yeah. You you want to see him play the best on best. There are no conversations in Edmonton saying, God, you just wish Tricidal and McDavid one of them was wired a little differently. You no, don't have those conversations. You don't. So it's, and it's like it's, kind it's, of the exact opposite. It's like, it's God, these hard. guys are so mad all the time. It's two-pronged hard because it's hard for the reporters covering this team now. Like uh-huh. it's it's been so bad and and it the tensions are so high yes. that it's only You can only ask the the, the same question so many times, and it's hard for McDavid, too, who's like, yeah, I don't want to give you red meat, but I'm so furious. Of course. Now, here's a little snippet of of Connor McDavid uh, in a -a tete-a-tete with uh, our very own Mark Spector. Are you better off to try to win this thing 4-1 or try to win it 7-5? You love this question, but um, I've answered it so many times. We're trying to keep the puck out of our net, obviously. Um, that's our main focus, and obviously we haven't done that again for a number of different reasons. Yeah, he is just a boiling pot of rage. Well, he didn't give us the Phil Kessel. This guy is an idiot, man. <laughs> he didn't give us that, which I think he contemplated for a half a second there. It was not overly thrilled with Mark Spector, but I, he gets it right. Like Connor McDavid, guy, like you know, uh, he's from the GTA. He understands what it means to play hockey in a Canadian market. It's a little something different even to be in Edmonton and connected at the hip to those eighties teams and everything that they accomplished. And yeah, like what, of course that is a question that's going to be asked of this Oilers team, given what the outside perception is of them and the actual reality of what this team has, has dealt with. But man, I actually, I know we want to hear from McDavid, but could you imagine if, I mean, I'm sure somebody has to, try to settle that, but it's like, He's just so sour and angry after every yeah, loss. Great, great observation. <laughs> I, I mean, it is because it's true. <laughs> it's, yeah, ah, man, those guys need to go into more cliche mode because I, I, I like again, they're must-watch during the 60-minute hockey game, but must watch after these games because those guys, they can't help it but be furious in answering these questions. Yeah, and that's the other thing to kind of watch for there is just the way those guys are are wired. And, you know, I don't think if the Leafs were in this position, Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner would be high-fiving and, like, booking the Cabo trip. No, but those guys have the cliches down pat. That's, they just, they're more ready to go into pure, okay, robot mode, whatever. With those two... They literally don't answer the question that's being asked of them. They just say the cliche that, yeah, they say every win, lose, or draw. I mean, there's no draw, but yeah, like that's they they have their answer. You just did it. You're like, oh, win, lose, or draw. We're happy to get the result. Like you were talking about it, and through osmosis, Mm. Matthews and Marner hacked your brain. They're like, do the robots say win, lose, or draw? And it just came out of you. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if that was like. Did Lou Lamorello like implant that chip in their brains? Like, the, but those guys are great at it. And, well, the the guy who you would have thought would have had it implanted by Lou would be Mo, mm-hmm. and he's the guy who like actually speaks. Occasionally, we hear from Marner that you know we got shambles in our brains. Like, yeah, you well, <laughs> I do also think comments like that. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, so, I forgot. I'm he not went, supposed to say anything. He went and spoke to somebody about that. I was like. Uh, can you zap me so I never say that again? <laughs> Even in private, I don't want to say. Oh, we'll I don't want to say that one. We'll move God. off the Oilers here. We'll move off the Oilers. Oh, on a- one one other reason why I think there is a little bit of hesitancy for like hang, hang at the at the Oilers from this market is the buy-in for McDavid. Like people yes. love him. Oh yeah. 11, or I don't think he wears that there. No, he does. Zach Hyman. Like, there it just, that guy will forever be for, especially, like, anybody who was super locked in for this iteration of Leafs hockey. It's like, that guy will forever be a beloved soldier, and he's just such God. a part of it there that you don't want to see him kind of go through that either. What a breath of fresh air it was when Zach Hyman got called up in the Mike Babcock tank God, year. just working. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, God, no, I just need to. Okay. I, what I would give, and I have, I have loved Matthew Nyes on the left side. Bertuzzi, really good. Like, and mm-hmm. I know we'll do more Leafs later. But God, of all the pieces that have gone by the wayside, what? And I know, like, somebody will say, but a defenseman? Sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Whatever. Luke Shen, great. What I would give to have Zach Hyman back, just just working, and with the cap going, it's like five million at the time mm-hmm. felt nuts. Well, they also didn't know that his scoring would go to another level, which is like oh, the well, McDavid factor. That's what yeah. I was going to say. I don't think it would have here. I don't <laughs> yeah. think you would have been a 100-point guy in Toronto. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay, last thing on the Oilers. No, there's one more. Do you care about this at all? Hmm. At five on five, they're second in the National Hockey League in Corsi 4 percentage and fourth in the National Hockey League in expected goals 4 percentage. So the shot attempts are there at five mm-hmm. on five. And part of that is, I mean, score effects, they've been fighting an uphill battle. Yep. But yeah, that would lead you down the path of holy crap, it is two things it's power play. It's goaltending because they're controlling the run of play at five on five. Yeah, that is what I think. I think that this Oilers team, there were changes made over the offseason, but it wasn't a complete overhaul by any means. They didn't forget how to play hockey. They forgot what it's like to play when they get a save behind them, and then they're gripping the sticks a little tighter on the power play because it seems like that's where all the offense has to has to come from. So, yeah, I actually think that number is is very meaningful. Okay. Um let's hit on the Monday nighter, which oh, uh lived up to the expectation ball the 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 billing of uh a Super Bowl rematch, which was a great Super Bowl, an incredible comeback by the Kansas City Chiefs instead mm-hmm. yesterday you had the reverse, yeah, Eagle's coming back, and it does feel like well it doesn't just feel like it yes. it is a fact that the chiefs have the best defense in the Patrick Mahomes era for sure without they, a shadow of a doubt. They are fourth in the n f l in Yards against per game this mm-hmm. season. Here are the, the, the rankings in yards against per game in the Mahomes era. Last year, they were 11th. 2021, they were 27th. 2020, they were 16th. 2019, they were 17th. 2018, the first uh, Mahomes as a starter uh, year where they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship game. They were 31st. Yeah. Fourth. And, mm-hmm. like, from an, just a, an eyeball test mm-hmm. perspective, yeah, that, that lines up. Chris Jones – is a maniac. Yeah, he's a beast. Like, he controlled that game, at least the first half, and it looked like the Chiefs, you know, 17 points is going to be enough to win that football game. They've been the lowest-scoring team in the second half of games all season long. There is not another weapon outside of Travis Kelsey. And even, I mean, yesterday with no uh, Taylor Swift in attendance, there's a couple of notable miscues. Mm -hmm. One pretty significant fumble. Focus on the game, Trav. Another miscatch that he made up for is they they converted the fourth down. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, the the plays of the game are Marquez Mm Baldez-Scantling having an absolute dime dropped into his hand into the end zone that he's unable to hold on to. Um, and then Justin Watson ball goes mm-hmm. through the fourth and 26, yep. fourth and 26. It's right there. It's yep. an absolute bullet right into his hands, mm-hmm. right through his hands. So it's, you're kind of, <laughs> I, I can't help, but think about the Froger, right? That okay. Patrick Mahomes he gets this incredible defense, the best of his era mm-hmm. as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. But it is cursed because you have the worst receiving core in your tenure as the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, there are so many things that kind of jump out to me. You mentioned the the Chiefs, the offensive struggles as of late. Uh, I saw this stat last night. He is the first Super Bowl or sorry. He is the he is the first former league MVP to be shut out consecutively in three second halves That's in the next season crazy. which is nuts the other thing before i get bogged down too much on the minutia is uh, i wonder what's more frustrating being a chiefs fan and watching kadarius tony or being kadarius tony like can you imagine being Every person you've ever met in your entire life, even freak of nature NFL athletes look at you and go, This guy gets open like no other. Dude, and Randy look at the Moss, returns. Those, look at the returns he had, like an incredible return. The plays he is capable of making, if only he could catch <laughs> the ball. It's important. Can you like can you honestly imagine another sport? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, oh, this guy is so fast. It's like it is really the Luis Mendoza from Mighty Ducks thing of like (laughs) he's so fast, but he can't stop. If only he can stop. (laughs) Kind of important in hockey catching the ball. Kind of important for a wide receiver. So what's right there? It's like receiver. Like what do you you have to receive? So anybody can receive the ball. The the, the, the catching, catching. So what what do you actually think is more frustrating? (laughs) Like being a Chiefs fan or living with that every day of your life? Yeah, I don't know. It's I, I think the most frustrating part is is looking at, I mean, and it's not like he, it's... it's it, it could still end up on the positive side of the ledger, but all of a sudden yes. the Chiefs don't find themselves at the top of the AFC anymore. Oh. It's the Bengals who are... And they have a game in hand, yeah. so... Uh, but they don't play each other head to no. head, so it's going to come down to tiebreakers and between Joe those Burrow, two. Uh, his status uh, making things very yeah yeah uh, yeah 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 yeah. Well, I mean yeah. yeah. So I mean the AFC is all of a sudden In, a little bit more wide open. The other the other thing from that last night is you know I'm gonna I'm gonna make this point until you all stop making this point. And again, I don't mean you. Although with this one, I do mean a little bit more. You what is. Yeah, that's what made Tom Brady special, guys, is he had years where yeah. he just had a right, tight end. But what I was going to say when you are like, oh, what's more frustrating is like, okay, the, the Chiefs lost to the Bills and the Bengals during yeah. the regular season last year. Yeah. I, I, I still believe that Patrick Mahomes can get it done. He almost got it done yesterday yep. against an Eagles team that has lost once mm-hmm. all season long and looks the part as a which I've return, been try- which I have been trying to tell everyone I, all I'll, season long. with Justin freaking Watson and Marcus Valdez Scantling, yep. who did not catch a pass yesterday. he was but targeted it, four times, didn't catch, but it's not going to get like, it might get better. In a game, but generally speaking, those things are going to continue to happen for this team. Like those guys, yeah. those guys might come up with a catch on Super Bowl Sunday or in an AFC Championship mm. game. Travis Kelsey might be back to the version of himself that we've seen even earlier this season. But generally speaking, guys don't get healthier and better as a football season go. Like a rookie will have leaps and bounds, but that's not happening for those guys. So that is why, like, I don't, I don't say any of that to hold Mahomes back. Mahomes. All he does every single time, unlike Burrow, unlike Allen, hey, unlike Jalen Hurts at certain times in his NFL career, he never lays the absolute egg against Mm -hmm. the fellow great quarterback. Like, he'll lay an egg against the Colts in week six or whatever the the case may be, the Broncos, but... When it comes time to match up against an elite opponent, Mahomes always brings it. So mm-hmm. for that, I will I will give him brought credit. It yesterday he too, did, and he did bring it. <laughs> brought All, it fifty yards right to the hands of Marcus yes. Valdez Scantling. Yes. The problem is, and part of this is again, like maybe it's just the lens through which I view it, but I'm sitting there and there's a play where Mahomes he makes and it is a remarkable throw. It was on a fourth down. He drops it right in the. He drops it right over the top in the basket for receiver. Gets his feet in bounds and Collinsworth, or uh, no, not Collinsworth. Aikman is just in full gush mode, like, oh my god! Rightfully so. That was Watson, right? Okay, rightfully so. The very next drive, Jalen Hurts hits and hits Devonta Smith on an absolute bomb. Yeah. Yeah, nice throw by uh, DeVon. No, no, that, that was... it was un it was not talked about <laughs> re- nearly to yeah. the same extent that a Mahomes thirteen yard throw was talked about, and that's what I say to say Mahomes is incredible. Laud Mahomes all you want, but you got a lot of these other guys too, including oh, that winner right. and that easy. leader of men, uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't like. Are you an Eagles fan? Like, no. why are you such an Eagles defender? Because they have been. They have give proved, Patrick Mahomes that receiving core. I yeah. mean, they're they're, sc- they're scoring sixty points. A game. Jalen hurts that defense? Uh, okay, he has a pretty good defense. He has a pretty good defense. <laughs> Is it the best defense in the sport? Like we've been talking about with the Chiefs? How about how about both teams are good? Like yeah. I don't care about the discourse. Also, win a Super Bowl no, before we start talking thing. about that's you and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I'm not. T- I'm tones. not. I am not putting Jalen Hurts to the Super Bowl winner MVP level, but. It sometimes gets so, and I'm sure, man, I'm sure a ton of people watch games all throughout Brady's tenure where they went, okay, yeah, he's good. So is insert guy. I was about to say Drew Bledsoe, which would have been like the funniest guy to mention there, but it's like insert player X. Who's also a, you know, is he a one of one? No, but is he a top three or four quarterback in the league? He absolutely is. And that is the other part of this is that, and maybe it's just a Rorschach test. And we look at this and we see different things, but I hear the way the Chiefs have been talked about as, hey, eh, you know, I know they have their warts, but I got Patrick, home, I'm just going to paper over everything. I still believe that. Yeah, I, I know you do. And I'm just telling you all that that's all well and good. What if you didn't have warts that you had to paper over and you were the Eagles and you're just a perfect football machine? And that's, they I are. guess that's... Ultimately what wow, I've been trying a to say game. Congratulations against the Kansas City Chiefs Hey congratulations to the Bengals and Bills of a season ago Who beat the Chiefs during the regular season But I wasn't saying that after oh, those games Oh and the, the Bengals and the Eagles for yeah. that matter Losing to not even a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes In the postseason last year A guy yeah, with a high ankle sprain Who was fully healthy by the time the Super Bowl was. Yeah but like come but, on but we but were Patrick watching. Mahomes milked for the camera Oh so we my god <laughs> wow all right, it's good to know that we're on different sides of the Patrick Mahomes fence well, here. Well, be, I'll be honest. Part of me it feels it is my absolute duty when discussing the NFL more than any other sport. Mm. You got to come to the mic with a strong take. <laughs> there is no <laughs> Patrick Mahomes overrated, despite the fact that, like, you know, he's made the AFC Championship game in each and not every even, one of his seasons. Not, and he wins a Super Bowl this year. He'll have three and six years the same as Tom Brady. He'll be on the exact same path. Okay, so, like, we're just gifting him the Super Bowl now? No, no. no. Okay. but we have to make mention that all the time if I hear that this dynasty is the Patriots one more time I'm gonna lose oh my, my mind God. talk to me when they get to six talk to me when Patrick Mahomes Brady missed the playoffs in his second year he's talk. done nothing but make AFC championship games in each and every one of his seasons. Talk to me when Patrick Mahomes doesn't even look around and see a single guy from this team and it still looks this way in year 15, yeah. then we can compare him to Brady. I mean, I still think he can win a Super Bowl with, yeah. I'm I mean, not saying he can't. I'm just Raj saying Raj go Rice do is it. like his be, be best receiving threat outside of Travis Kelsey, who he is. Who, yeah, like that's, and he's pretty good. Yeah. He's a raw rookie, but yeah, holy cow. All right. Um, I had a feeling we wouldn't get to many of these. I do want to do one of uh, these Leaf topics mm. before we hit the break. Who would have thought that not the Leafs has me this exercise at we'll, this time we'll, of day? We'll circle back around to the Leafs at 7 o'clock. But, uh, yeah, Leafs don't play until Friday. So we're going to package our Leafs content today in this manner. Mm. got a bunch of what's more likely questions. And I know you put together a couple of them mm-hmm. as well. i got a bunch. So let, let, let's start with one that I think has a clear answer. do oh. Uh, Maybe you disagree. I don't know. I don't even know what you're going to say. All right, what's more likely? William Nylander signs an eight-year extension or John Klingberg is on the active roster all season. Brent, what's more likely? Oh, Nylander. I don't think either of these are... All that likely, although I'm starting to believe with the uh, I'm starting to believe it goes the other way with Klingberg. Uh, but yeah, it's Nylander. Like it's the easiest, it's the most cut and dry of this player is playing transcendent hockey, reach peak of his powers, give him the money. That's kind of the thing I could I could most see happening of those two. Yeah, I think one thing is possible, one thing is impossible. <laughs> like whether John Klingberg goes on the L- goes on LTIR tomorrow or he goes on LTIR not at all. What you're trying to accomplish at the trade deadline with the blue line, you, you, you cannot can't have, involve him. No. You can't have $4 million tied nope. up into John Klingberg. So either he gets disappeared mm-hmm. or he is – yeah, he's outward and as a negative asset, you have to attach a draft pick to him. But yeah, you can't have $4 million of John Klingberg on your cap and you're trying to improve your blue line. That's just I, – I I'm with you. I don't think the eight-year extension for Neilander is – Likely, and and maybe you're able to figure it out with Kneelander because it's, you you talk about a shorter term, like Mm -hmm. Matthews esque, like three, four year extension. (gasps) I don't think that's happening. But but at least that is up like eight years is within the realm of possibility. John Klingberg being on this roster in game 82 is impossible. I don't care how much he turns it around. It's just, it's not happening. Yeah. You'd never get this because the owners would never go for it, but how great would it be from all sides perspectives? If every team just had a, like a one year deal, that you're allowed to cut bait on. You can't do it on like a do-over, a, do over, a or, yeah. mulligan. Effectively, where you just go, okay, oh, I like it. John, yeah. breakfast ball. This is not <laughs> And work. honestly, that was his first signing. This is like breakfast yeah, ball. Yeah, really. Oh, of or, Reeves. Uh, it's like, and take either <laughs> or, buddy. But like how great, because again, the owners don't want it because they don't want to have to spend the $4 million twice if, effectively because Klingberg would still get his money. But how great would it be if all sides could just shake hands and said, it's a terrible idea. We brought you to Sweden. That was nice. Uh, move on. Go find another team or go back to Sweden. I don't really care what happens, yeah. but here's 4000000 bucks. million. Let's never talk again. Well, that might be happening. It may, I yeah. mean, LTIR is kind of that. Yeah, but the, diff- the difference with that is then he could go sniff around if uh, anyone has any desires for his wares, which I don't think they would. Possibly not. He will not be a Toronto Maple Leaf by... Game eighty two. I was like, I I win trade deadline. Oh, for sure, I would thought I could, Yeah, there's um, absolutely no chance that he I thought is I was on wondering if my trade Eagles. Deadline. I was wondering if my Eagles hot takery had had overtaken you, and you're like by Thursday. Yeah. Is where I thought that was going, <laughs> but no. Okay. Honestly, this is an interesting week for John Clayberg. Really is. There's a. It's a quiet week. Mm-hmm. That's the most interesting part about it. Is off the ice again today. Is my understanding. Back on oh, okay. it tomorrow. That uh, was my was understanding. Ask. Yeah. All right, we'll see. Uh, Leaf's next game day coming on Friday, two in the <laughs> Against the Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. And that, Bedard. No, and it's honestly, it's it's so awesome for all of my fellow working people who have, like, you know, jobs that they have to go to that the next game is at two in the afternoon. Yeah, great. I, again, that sucks for them. It's good for me. I like it a lot. Yeah, uh, I care about the you know I care about my fellow man. I care knew? about people who work overnights or who work evenings who can't watch the Leafs at seven o'clock and you know me. finally get a chance to watch them in the day. Yeah, something tells me if you work evenings, two p.m. isn't a great time for you either. <sighs> I, I, wh- whoever works a, a, a difficult manual labor shift that requires them to be uh, working between the hours of seven and ten o'clock Eastern Time at night but are awake at 2 o'clock. Those are the people. Those are my people. Okay. Those are who I care about. You've threaded the needle very finely there. (laughs) All right. Again, we'll circle back around to the Leafs at 7 o'clock, but coming up next... Brent is going to explain the Knicks lawsuit. He's gonna he's gonna get into That's the minutia. I, I got so scared when you just said Brent's going to explain. I'm like, I did not prep yeah. for this. No, he read the entire uh filing in in court. I uh, am Michael McCann. Yeah, he's gonna do that. And uh and could Josh Donaldson be headed for a reunion with the Blue Jays, that and more next. As the fan morning show continues. Ben Annas, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590 the fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Bourne. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan morning Joe 4-7-5-9 in the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Cunningham. I have one more little note from the Monday Nighter. I might be yelling again in three seconds. You're not. Because you're going to agree with me. Oh, okay. I know where this is going then. Jalen Carter was so close to intercepting the Patrick Mahomes spike. Yes. yes. Baby Rhino. What a play. Oh, oh my goodness. Would that? I'm trying to think. Like If if Patrick Mahomes is just a little slower in delivering that spike jalen carter has i mean more catches than marcus valdez (laughs) Scanlon. (laughs) but where 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 does that highlight rank in all-time nfl lore if he's able to pull it off the first time like no one's even thought about the possibility like yeah we've had guys try and break up the kneel down play at the end of the game and yeah i actually hadn't even thought about that aspect of it of like Jalen Carter almost invented a thing yeah. in football. No, he, like, we've seen so much, and there's so many games played, and there's so many highlights, and everybody knows everything about everything in pro sports. But to have something new, I it would have been un, unbelievable. We're so close. I'm so furious we didn't get to see it. I am upset we didn't as well. And now. I don't want anyone to ask Jalen Carter about this because he'll give an answer that isn't going to be as good as I want it to be. Because I want Jalen Carter to have heard Uh tale in Uh his youth of like, oh, you know, big Rick who played for the team in 76 on Uh the high school. He once intercepted a fake or a spike attempt. Like, I want him to have heard. Has it ever happened in uh, any level of That's what I'm getting football? at. Like, I didn't, you know, I'm not going to pretend. I, I spent all my time last night diving into the details of the Raptors-Knicks lawsuit, so I couldn't get into the history of, of uh, interceptions on spike plays. But that's what I want. I want him to have heard a story of, like, some, I don't know where he's from in the country, but, like, wherever it is, mm-hmm. some guy in the 70s did it in a high school game or something. That's what I want the story to be. But it's God. definitely going to be just like, yeah, I had a good read on it because I'm Some... a football machine because I'm an eagle. Okay, I'd never thought about the possibility. Because uh, no, you have also to go me. through yes. the legs of the center. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Like how close? It like went through his hands. His hands like weren't close enough no. together. He wasn't ready to make him, him and the Chiefs receivers. Right. got to get in the lab, All right. get on that jug machine. Somebody needs to do this. Anyways. Now I want video of, J- so the jug machine is like the machine that shoots the balls at you to practice your catching or whatever. I want video of Jalen Carter at Eagles practice with that thing pointed directly at the earth and him just trying to whoop, whoop, be ready next time. <laughs> I need to see it happen. All right. Uh, as we Thank mentioned. Thank you for bringing that up. That you're was very you're welcome. I told you we were going to agree on it. Um, and we can both agree that you are well versed in all things the law. I mean, you—I went to Osgood Hall. Like you're just, yeah. you, 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 know you know are in Pre-law. You know what? I don't actually get a chance to brag about this that often. But when I uh, was Wait, in my high, a- when I was in my high school okay. law class, we huh. went down to the courts to do like mock trials and stuff, and I was the best defense fake Good lawyer there. So yeah, you know, I don't often get to. But you didn't pop myself do pre-law. Uh, no. <laughs> I barely did 2 years of floatner. Okay, again, funny story time. Uh my time at university was so unsuccessful. Uh, but I was able to take one elective credit out of there that I needed to put to my diploma at uh, Humber College Good that for I got through. So, Good got something you. out of there. But yeah, not It pre-law. wasn't in law. No. It was not. No. Okay. It was in labor studies. Uh I also did not go to school for law. Uh, the law was never until avenue for me I, w- I will say that when i i don't know if you have this i guess your version of this is like you maybe you would have been a pilot but like mm-hmm. when i close my eyes and i'm like what if i did something with my life you know like actually like make an import on society okay. i did close my eyes and like uh, there was a 17 year old version of me that's like oh i like to argue be oh lawyer? Smart. no so i would have in- thought like like it just so we're clear before everyone i know text me being like ah! <laughs> It was never actually going to happen, but, like, Uh when you close your eyes and picture, like, the idealized version of yourself that eats right and goes to the gym, I definitely thought (laughs) that guy would be a lawyer. Yeah, the the only normal job that I I ever envisioned myself doing and, you know, did take steps to go down the path of Mm -hmm. doing this was, yeah, as you mentioned, being a pilot. I have my private pilot's license. I took... A, uh, I, I took a tour of, of the Sioux College in Sioux wow. St. Marie where they have like a... a and dubus never came calling for you. No, I guess, yeah. We were in Sioux at the same time. Um... But yeah, no, it, the, I never had visions of doing a real job because that sounds hard. God, like especially sounds, the school part of it. And like I'm no dummy necessarily. Hmm. Certain things I'm I'm pretty dummy-ish, but like studying I can't do. Like no. I just I can't do it. I it's it's not for me. So yeah, the law was never something I thought, "Oh, the the thing where you just have to read books a lot and write" Hey, no thanks well yeah that was the thing is once i realized it wasn't just walking into court in a suit yeah. going i object no it's mostly uh reading stuff like uh what Briefs. we saw yeah yesterday yeah. coming out of i guess new york city court um uh, you, n- you tell me because uh, uh just for the joke you know i what? was not pouring this over you know what we get emails um our sportsnet email accounts you know we get Different content, yeah. Pieces of content around the sporting world. Did you see this? Did yeah, you yeah, see yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. It was shared with us the actual brief that was filed yesterday by the New York Knicks to the Toronto Raptors. Guess mm-hmm. what? I didn't open that attachment. Like <laughs> I, I, I did no interest at all. Here's what I can tell you though: the Knicks are are seeking ten million dollars in damages. This is the the same lawsuit that we heard about in the offseason about the Raptors uh, allegedly stealing some proprietary information from the Knicks. Also, in this filing, is that they don't want Adam Silver to be arbitrating what the end result of this thing is because he and Larry Tannenbaum, they're best buds. Also, Larry Tannenbaum is on the NBA Board of Governors. He's Adam Silver's boss, so it's yeah. it's kind of a conflict of interest. There, um, of course, James Dolan, who famously holds no sway in the world. Right. right. <laughs> what are we doing here? Uh, Can't hey. have Silver involved because he's too close to Tannenbaum. I, James Dolan, who own and control—I don't know—like eight percent of North America. Yeah, that's fine if I'm involved, though. Well, to the James <laughs> Dolan of it all, like again, I don't understand this thing. I don't pretend to understand it. I I don't necessarily want to understand it. Other than yeah, okay, they're alleging that the Raptors stole information. I get that part. Yeah, that's. But here's what I do understand: is that there is no world in which the Raptors or the Knicks ever do business with each other, hmm. as long as James Dolan is there, as long as Masai Ujiri is there. Like that's the end of any transactions between the two, as, <laughs> as small as it gets to as big as it gets. Like there are, there's never going to be a trade. Between those two teams, as long as those guys are in place. Um, and this goes back to James Dolan's relationship with Masai Ujiri as far as the Carmelo Anthony trade yep. when he was in Denver. And then, you know, we can go back to the Kyle Lowry uh rebuff or the 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 retraction of the 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 trade offer that ended up sending the Raptors towards a path to an eventual championship. Because remember, Kyle Lowry was traded yes. to the New York Knicks until James Dolan's like, wait, the guy that totally screwed us or or got the better of us in a Carmelo Anthony trade. Like, I, Absolutely I'd not. rather not. So, yeah, those two are never going to do business again. I do wonder, though, Brent. Yes. Is there extra juice when these two teams play? Like, whenever there's, like, a, a personal animus between players, it's obviously like super exciting mm-hmm. to see those two teams. Nobody's going to be on the court that's involved in this clear Clear animus between Masai Ujiri and James Dolan, but is there any extra juice to the first time the Raptors play the Knicks this season? Before I answer that question, can we just can we just sit on the fact that the seeming start of this feud, or whatever you want to call it, with Masai and James Dolan started with him, Masai just not giving James Dolan Carmelo Anthony? Is yeah, that, like it's yeah. like, hey, why won't you just uh, give him to me? He did well in a trade because well. I would like to. I'd like to use this to set up this franchise. Well, how dare you! Uh, so that part just kind of like petulant stuff kind of lets you know exactly where this all starts. I'm with you. There's no way you can see these teams ever coming together on something. Like even the idea of you see it all the time at the yeah. end of the NBA draft of like, all right, I'm gonna buy this second round, pick from nope, you for X amount of uh, Go Not, buy it from somebody yeah, else, exactly. thanks <laughs> on either side of the ledger. <laughs> I could see a world where this had carryover over if James Dolan was a beloved figure. Like, if it was seen that, like... Hey, we gotta do it for. Oh, the- you're thinking about the Knicks' perspective. Yeah, because I think there are guys in that Raptors room who look yeah, and say, "That's what gotta, I'm thinking." We got to stick up for Messiah a little bit. Money on the board, almost. Like, right. I don't know if like how much money you would need to put on the board for an NBA player. I was gonna say it's like they handed Carl Gunnerson a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did just while we're talking about this. This reminds me. I saw the report. It was a report from Raptors practice the other day where it was Siaka Malachi Flynn and there's one other guy involved. And they were just playing shooting games where they're just throwing copious amounts of cash on the floor at ovo center which yeah, is just sure. that's, that's great and again to your point i feel like a little more than the hundred bucks carl Gunnerson uh, got handed by ron wilson mm-hmm. uh, many many moons ago but i don't think it does add any juice because ownership in new york feels so i won't say disconnected like everyone knows who uh, owns it there but it doesn't feel like the players are like gonna win it for Dolan I don't even know that the front office there I mean there would be buy-in from the players like Jalen Brunson ton of money from those guys uh Julius Randle, ton of money from those guys so maybe there's something there but no I can't see it I actually have always felt and it's not a Raptors Knicks thing but I always felt like a spiritual kinship with the Knicks as a Leaf fan like, sure. it's right there. Mm-hmm. You should be great. It's mm-hmm. the market. There should be so important, yada, 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 a million, you know, not close calls. And so I have always felt like a bit of a spiritual, like, kinship with the Knicks. So I hate that they're they're feuding with the Raptors in this way, honestly. I, I Yeah, I, I do understand that. James Dolan is one of the worst owners in all of yeah, that, sports, yeah, though. Yeah, that overshadows any feeling of... Yeah, and, and you know what? It's funny. I never really put my in the headspace of one of the, the Knicks players and in, in thinking about how this might play out when they play the first of Take back-to-back the games. No. <laughs> so a week a week from this coming Friday, they will play for the first time this season, uh, December 1st at Scotiabank Arena, and then on uh, Monday, December 11th, so like 10 days between games, uh, they're at MSG to play the, the second half of uh, their back-and-back. Uh, home and home against the New York Knicks. I didn't think about the Knicks perspective because you're right. I don't think like any Knicks player is like, oh James, do it for Jimmy. But I do wonder, as I talked it out, I do wonder, and I you know, forgive me, I can't uh, name the Knicks GM off the top of my head there. Oh, is it, is it World Wide West? Anyway, it's not it's not important. Leon Rose. Okay. Anyways, regardless who the GM is there, just gave Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle like a kajillion dollars combined. Scott Perry. Scott Perry. So neither of the people I mentioned. So mm-hmm. looking at that, I do wonder if there is some goodwill towards the front office, if not ownership as a whole, but I really can't see there being any carryover. But from the Raptors' perspective... yeah, very minimal. I I don't know. I, th- I think there might be something there. Because here's the thing. Masai Ujiri is going to be visible during these games, and if the Raptors win mm. against a Knicks team that has higher expectations than the Raptors this season and have been one of the best defensive teams in the NBA this season. You can squint and think about the, the Knicks doing something mm-hmm. in the postseason. The Raptors are going to be underdogs in those games, I would think. Yeah, I mean, depending on how the next, whatever, six games go. But I, I, I think it's fair to, to say that they're going to be underdogs in those games. The Raptors win against the New York Knicks. Here's what I can guarantee you. There will be a shot of Masayu Jiri Absolutely ecstatic. Mm, little, okay. Little you, open gym, Masai in the locker maybe, room. maybe, 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 maybe you'll even get a post-game clip from Masai Ujiri. Like, maybe Masai Ooh. Ujiri is, like, open to doing some some public public commenting on, on a game against the New York Knicks. If it goes in his favor, like, if the rappers lose it, like, I don't think we're going to see Masai. But they're, like, that's, Mas, Masai also knows that this team's not winning a championship this season in his heart of hearts. Yep. Yeah. That's Masai Ujiri's Game 7 of the NBA Finals. These these games against the Knicks this season. 5 years ago, uh you get that from Masai. Uh we don't give a bleep about it. Yeah. Masai gives you that comment. Now Masai who is uh, had like several lawsuits and I'm not blaming him for that. Like one of those was everything that involved with the, on the floor in Oakland and the cop there. Uh, like I just think he's maybe a touch and I don't blame him for this at all. Like uh, look at the, look at how few and far between his public comments have been. We I were also dying think for this in- guy to come to the mic at the end of the season last year. And uh, he's like, I'm good. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, but he eventually did. No, eventually. he just took his time because he, he didn't want to sound emotional because he was obviously emotional. and then he well, came to so the mic that, and called them selfish. That no, proves I, the point that he's gonna take his time. I, he, I'd be shocked. I'd love it. Please do it. No, Masai. I think I think he and Bobby Webster are a little bit embattled for the first time, obviously, since they've won a championship and forever like will be lauded and immortalized because of the, yes. the championship they brought this team. But I think, yeah, this that they, they very much are looking for a PR win and are are emotional but uh, emotional about the coverage and perception of what they've done over the last couple of years with this team and i think yeah beating mm. a next team that's suing them for 10 million bucks that would be great that would be great taking a victory lap afterwards mm. a lot less great in in my opinion okay maybe it's just like just visible like fist yeah pumping. that i could totally see. yeah all right quote anyway, not a chance uh when we come back get back into the leafs what's more likely and then yeah Ben Nicholson-Smith with a little report about the Blue Jays being interested in the top of the free agent class, by which I mean the pitching part of it. That and more next as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.